The following program is furnished by Startup Nation Media Group. Hi, welcome to this edition of Startup Nation Radio. We're talking food today. What better than that? We've got a couple of entrepreneurs who are going to kick it off for us, and they're doing great things together in a variety of different ways in the food business. Today, we're focused, though, on cookies and cream. Thank you. And we've got Jessica Harold and Patrick Hingston with us. You guys created this product, right? I mean, this is a new product. Tell us what it is that Cookies and Cream offers. Sure. So um, we are a cookie shop. We're located in the heart of downtown Lapeer. And of course, we make cookies. We try to take traditional cookies and make them really way more exciting. We take traditional desserts. We cookify them, making them cookies so they're easy to eat. Uh So like your German chocolate cake, you don't have to bake a whole cake. Just come to us for the cookie. It's awesome. But what we are known for, we're the home of cookie cream. And what cookie cream is, it's a 50-50 blend of our baked cookie, not cookie dough, but our baked cookie, and Guernsey Farms ice cream. And we Mm. typically only use vanilla. In the rare case, we'll use chocolate. The whole idea is that all of the flavor and all of the texture comes from our cookie. So cookie cream, not cookie dough, not uh, cookie sandwich, but cookie cream is something that we're really hoping will take off and potentially be a franchise across the country one day or maybe on uh, freezer shelves. So the ice cream is kind of the base. The flavor and texture and everything, as you say, comes from the cookies. In the ordering, does someone come in and then pick a cookie? And No, there's just you offer the certain specific... Yep. You walk uh, right in and yep. it's sort of like an ice cream shop. It looks like an ice uh-huh. cream shop. And so, you know, we have all of the cookie cream already created and you mm-hmm. just can pick your scoops. Of course, we do samples. You can mix and match if you'd like to have a couple of different flavors in your mm, bowl. Sure. But yeah, it's something that we're really excited about because it's simple, but no one else is doing it. So no one else is doing it. This was your idea. Yes. Patrick, yours? The cookie shop was my idea. What was called 50-50 was Jess's idea, which became cookie cream. There's blend in, flurry, whatever. These are some blizzard. These mm-hmm. are some of the things, but this is going further. So that might be 10, 20% cookie, maybe, or whatever else it is that's giving yeah, the flavor. Ballpark. Yeah, ballpark. Right. Okay. And you guys are 50 50. So this is a, the, the whole thing's different. It's a different product, really, when you experience it, both in texture, the taste profile, and everything else is, is very different, I'm sure. Well, we say it's ice cream you can chew. It's just really mm. rich, it's thick, it's chewy, it's delicious. I've been in food a long time, and I always have a goal with food when I know I'm doing it right. When somebody eats it, and it forces them to smile. You know, uh, when you get that thing. That thing I'm not like, even eating it. I'm smiling. You get, you get that thing right, right where your dimples <laughs> right. form right oh, there yeah, and it pulls yeah, it yeah. back yeah, there. Yeah. And so it's so fun yeah. to be able to go out samples of this all day. And, like, they look at it a little confused. They put it in there, and then you see it happen. You see uncontrollable smiles start to happen. And they're like, wow, yeah. that, is, that is awesome. And so your return on investment from this business is not just financial. It's psychic as well. Look how many smiles you guys get to make, oh, right? And see and experience and enjoy and. Arguably, uh, our biggest goal in life. Mm-hmm. Well, money, I mean, that, money will come, but smiles are more fun. Mm-hmm. Smiles are more fun. I love that. Yeah. I mean, that's really cool. So, yeah, the money's the byproduct of making people smile, right? Exactly. That's right. Just got to focus on the right one, and the other one will happen. I love it. So, Patrick, you're the proprietor. You're the the founder, the lead operator of this business, right? Well, with Cookies and Cream, that's a joint venture. It's a joint. Um, okay. We're the two majority holders, and then mm-hmm. our other best friend, who's been with me, and all my other. Uh, entrepreneurial adventures. He's a small stakeholder. He's he's great at maintenance and uh and building upkeep. So he helps us with all of that. But um, in this one, Jess is our CEO. Um, I sit on the founder seat and I provide structural support and um use my knowledge of the food service industry to systemize stuff and make it so that her creativity has a platform to flourish. And he's a brilliant, brilliant entrepreneur. But also, just in terms of food industry, he's got a wealth of knowledge from yeah. you know over twenty years of experience. So I'm so grateful that my partner in this is so well educated and you know so passionate about this industry. Right. So together, I really think we can achieve almost anything. Right. And so this is a first location, mm-hmm. and, and you're in Lapeer, Michigan. Yes. 
And I'm sure, I have no doubt, there's aspiration to go beyond one location. Absolutely. Yes, we definitely want to take this one in a franchise direction, uh-huh. um, along with also making a retail play. Uh, we've already been approached by some large online retailers that want to feature some of our products. So we're working on developing those with some co-manufacturers. Yeah. Um, but we also know we have a winning formula here. We've, we've discovered, not to just be gender specific, but almost every little girl goes through a period of their life where they want to be a baker in a cookie shop, we found mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. So whenever we need to hire people, we put out you know, help wanted whereas other people in our sector of the industry are struggling, we are bombarded with applicants, people that passionately want to come work for us and just want their foot in the door to be able to work in a magical bakery. It's unbelievable. In fact, I got a message from someone the other day who said, I want to work for you so badly. I'll work for you for a week for free. Wow. Please give me this opportunity. Wow. So, um, Is there, there must be perks like free samples, right? All day. <laughs> well, there you go. It's all about you moderation. I'll yes. work for you for free for two weeks. <laughs> I love that. Sold. We love to nice trade sold, right. Great bargaining. I love that. You guys have grown quite significantly. You've got a lot of validation from the marketplace. We want to make sure we highlight. Before we do that, i got to ask your favorite flavor. Oh, man. So this all started with um, the idea came to me. I was 20 years old. I was eating uh, what they called peanut butter cookies and cream. It was vanilla ice cream with some peanut butter cookies in there. Of course, not at a 50-50 proportion, just a small proportion. Uh-huh. I got that perfect bite, and I thought to myself, oh, my goodness, someone needs to create something out of this. So um, when we started creating cookie cream, we made the most incredible peanut butter cookie and we married it with uh, vanilla ice cream, but we also added some of our own homemade peanut butter fudge. So we mm. call it peanut butter dreams do come true um, uh-huh. because that is my peanut butter dream right, coming true. Right, coming true. There it is. And so that is my number one flavor. But um, also we have a cookie called the S'morio, which is um, it's a combination of like a s'more type cookie that's rolled in chocolate sandwich cookies. Yep. And um, that that cookie cream is also very delicious. Patrick? That's my favorite cookie cream, but my favorite cookie is the uh, chocolate infinity. Mm. So it's a uh, chocolate cake cookie. So it's super moist, like a, the freshest brownie. And then we coat it in white chocolate, dark chocolate, and melt chocolate, which forms almost like this permeable shell. So it's like a candy bar experience along with a brownie experience and the shape and convenience of a cookie. Uh, it's, it's, it's my go-to. How can you go to. wrong? In business, and of course, Startup Nation Radio is all about helping people get inspired, helping them understand how to create a successful business of their own. You start with cookies and cream, and it's hard to go wrong from there. Uh, in all reality, any business is difficult and challenging. you got to do it right. You guys clearly are. We're going to highlight some of the ways that you are. We want to hear about some of your success and the huge following you've got out there now and all the fans that you have right after this break on Startup Nation Radio. Stick with us. All right, welcome back to Startup Nation Radio. Great show today. You can't go wrong. Cookies and cream. We're talking 50-50 cookies and cream, even better. So you guys uh, got one location in Lapeer. You're off and rolling. When did it open? Only six months before COVID, so uh, August of (laughs) 2019. Great timing. Yes. That'll test you. Certainly did. Oh, my God. And if you can succeed through that, you can succeed through anything. So now things are opening back up again. You're getting foot traffic. People are coming in the store. Certainly, from an anecdotal standpoint, you're seeing that you're on to something here, right? I mean, you feel it. You feel definitely. it? Oh, I don't, definitely. I, don't, I mean, so this dream mm-hmm. is now playing out in reality, and you've got wind in your sails. Yes. Wind at your back, however you want to say it. You're feeling like you're really on to something. Oh, yeah. Building momentum. Building momentum. So tell us about some of the exciting things. I know you've got a huge TikTok following. Welcome to today, yeah. TikTok. Yes. Uh, tell us about that. TikTok, as you say, has been hugely successful for us, although that was sort of a fluke. I had heard through Gary Vaynerchuk, 
he's awesome if you guys don't listen. He's the marketing guru, Gary yeah. Vee. Yep. He's so cool. And he just said, you know, TikTok is where it's at. And that was a couple of years ago. So I got us on TikTok. Um, it's a lot of work to create videos. So I didn't really stick it with it. Yep. We did have one video of our cookie cream that did go sort of viral. We got almost 500,000 views on that, but nothing transpired from there. And then a few months ago, I was just scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. And I got stuck on this one mom who is normalizing normalcy. Her name is Emily Jean Ferret. And I just felt like I had watched so much of her content and being my background was advertising. So I understand production quality and I understood how much time was being sunk into her videos. So I just reached out. I said, hey, mom, you deserve some cookies. Like, I see the way that you're momming. I see the way that you're doing TikTok. Like, let me just send you some cookies. This was like 2 a.m. She goes, oh, my God, that would be great. So I send her cookies. I don't even think about it. And then I go to a retreat for the weekend. And as I'm coming out of the retreat, my phone is blowing up with orders. And I realize something happened. And I go over to TikTok and I see that she posted a video of her unboxing my cookies where she really like obviously fell in love with the cookies. Mm. It was so authentic. And that just set us off. Let me just ask, is she an influencer? She would love to be one. I don't know if she's actually at that status right. yet. But that's not her intention. Her intention was just to sort of be fill authentic her day. And, right, right, right. The key thing being there that you didn't hire an influencer. No. You, you sent someone your cookies and you hoped that they would enjoy it. You wanted to recognize her for the good stuff she was putting out on TikTok that you followed because it was so good. Yeah. And there she was. She took to it. Obviously loved the product. How many followers does she have? 250,000 followers, which is a lot, but her videos had maybe two, 3,000 views at most. I really didn't. And, and he used to warn me too. He's like, be careful. We're a small cookie shop. You know, if we blow up, we're going to really have to staff up. And so a problem everybody wants to have. I mean, yeah. exactly. It's still exactly. only 600 square feet. So you can that, only, that, it, it is, a pro it really is a problem. But anyway, the, yep. Keep going. Yeah, I just uh, I just sent it to her totally with only good intentions just to say, you deserve some cookies, take a break, go enjoy a cookie without your kids bothering you for a second. And um, it was a great decision in hindsight. And, and the video was really nothing more, and I don't mean to suggest that it, you know, it was obviously very effective, but it was nothing more than her unboxing the cookies, probably taste, I haven't seen mm -hmm. the video, but tasting them and commenting on them. Yeah. Wow, this is good. You know, I love this yes. one, or I love this flavor, whatever, right? Calls to action as well, being like, support this place, blow oh, up, friends. Cool. Right. Um, so yeah, over the course of two weeks, we did more than triple the online sales we did the previous year. Wow. From there, it just springboarded. It went to an even larger former Nickelodeon child star, Zoe Rowey, who had over 4 million followers, she then ordered from us and she then did a video. And the results of that were even double what the first round was. Wow. So mm -hmm. we were sitting there, a little three-man bakery out of our, our little shop in, in downtown Lapeer. And all of a sudden... You guys were busy. Yeah. We had to triple our staff almost overnight, figure out the logistics of large-scale order fulfillment on the fly. And uh, we wow. hired a fulfillment expert. Luckily, the stars aligned. We found somebody who had oh, uh, cool. just left one of the industries suffering from lockdowns and was able to come here and slide right in. So... The first week, we stuffed pretty much every single box. Mm -hmm. After that, we were able to bring on our people and just do what we do best, which is support them, guide them, and let them shine. Incredible. And you guys are shipping just cookies. Are you shipping the, the you're not shipping the 50-50 cookies? The cookie cream, not cookie yet. Cream. I mean, we would love to, but just dealing with dry ice and all of, of that. Of course, right. That's just, why I asked. Yeah, yeah. Not yet, but, you know, hey. You guys started during the era of COVID, and you started with a physical location with the intent of having people come into your store, right? Yeah. But, but then probably most of your sales, I'm guessing, obviously were by e-commerce, right? Mm-hmm, definitely. Or early going. Mm -hmm. Now we're coming out of COVID, and you're moving to a blend, a hybrid of both online. But I would imagine that the online is still really, really strong once you have it. 
and people like your product and they come back and do repeat business with mm -hmm. you, that's going to be an active part of your business. The interesting thing is, is that up till now, up until really COVID, most companies like yours start with a brick and mortar first kind of perspective, not an online first perspective, but yet that's where all the action's clearly going. You guys were forced to start with a real emphasis on online, which has really set you up, I think, to be successful in the future. And the beautiful thing is you're creating not only national sales, but you're creating national fans. So if you get pockets of these fans, for example, in a particular city, that's going to be a natural place to start to go with a next location, right? And being online based, you have the data to learn and know where these Ex are coming exactly. from. Exactly. So you can make more informed decisions and exactly. less, less thrown at a dartboard blindly. And that's what I love about I mean, I think this is that's why I wanted to highlight that. The data that you get out of selling across the country, seeing where the action is, mm -hmm. maybe that's where the influencers' friends are, whatever it may be, you know, however it may manifest itself, there's the answer right there. And that's where you go next. And so you talk about expanding by franchise. This would be corporate-owned stores or have franchisees actually license the right to have a store? What are you thinking? Or have you not yet thought that far? No, we would likely do some corporate stores because we want to make mm -hmm. sure that we can do the proof of multiple concepts, uh -huh. you know, in-house. Right, but right. to do the main expansion and not be so capital-heavy, you know, selling franchises to franchisees is important. There, you just got to make sure you got the right controls in place to make sure they're representing your brand and not going too crazy with doing their own thing. But from there, that gives you almost limitless potential to reach markets that yeah. our two feet can never take us to. Mm -hmm. Right. Since you're a dreamer. Yes. What's in your crystal ball when you look down the road for this? Where do you want to take this? I mean, you're on your way. You're validating that you've really got something here. You also have to go, too, because, you know, this is a product that could be, I don't want to say knocked off, but you know what I mean. I mean, mm -hmm. there could be others sure. that, you know, this is a product others could make and sell. Sure. Maybe not as well. Maybe the smile's not as big, but the reality is it could happen. And so you need to move, right? Definitely. Uh, on this before somebody else does. Well, I love the way that you phrase that question, too, because I believe in manifesting. And I've always said that I believe this is a global brand. And part of TikTok is I've gotten emails from Singapore, Australia, right. all right. over the entire globe asking right. people if I would ship to that. So to answer your question, you know, I come from a very strategic advertising background. I was on the team that created the Allstate Mr. Mayhem Which campaign. Which is amazing, right. And so I have only really worked with Fortune 500 companies in that space. And so for me, it was always really important to have really strong branding. So I brought in a really incredible artist to create our logo. And also what Pat and I create, not only with Cookies and Cream, but our barbecue shops, Barbecue and Woodchips Express, is creating incredible cultures. Our ethos, it's all about the people. It's all about taking care of not only our teammates, which is definitely goal number one. Our team is the most important to us, but so is our community. So to answer your question in terms of growth, I just want to bring, of course, cookies and cookie cream to people, but I also want to bring kindness, smiles, big hearts, and just letting people know that this isn't about an individual. It's about the collective and how we can all harbor really unbelievable relationships with those within our community so that we can help everybody succeed and feel supported. You know, I got to tell you, in today's world, we all know now moving past COVID that brand values, brand attributes, branding, orientation, standing for something, having values really means something. Just in the last two minutes, I heard you say, you know, you, earlier you told us about dreaming, dreaming about mm -hmm. something and then having it manifest. But you, you know, the passion clearly comes through. You've talked about community. You've talked about culture. You've talked about your core values. These are things that underlie a great product and a great vision and a great opportunity. And that collectively in the mix, make it go. Mm -hmm. And 
I really, there's a lot of intelligence in this room right now. I'm getting to interview you guys in person, which is really thrilling to me, by the way, just because we've moved beyond having to do it by Zoom and everything else. Sure, we and, love face-to-face. And, and, and as do I, and I love hearing your success story, but this is a cool story, guys. You're, oh, you guys you. are on your way. You have a great command of what you're doing. You guys have bring great skill sets to the table that are very complimentary, and I'm excited about where this business could go, and we're thrilled to feature it on Thank Startup you. Nation Radio. And we're going to check back with you now because we want to hear as the story grows, as the business grows, we want to hear uh, how it goes for you guys. We'd love to have you back. But thank you so much, Jessica Harold and Patrick Hingst, for being on, talking about cookies and cream. By the way, it's cookies, K-O-O-K-Y-S, mm-hmm. the letter like cookie, N. Cookie, but, but, cookie. But, but it is cookies and cream, you it's know. It's cookies and cream, but yeah. yeah. But cookie. Keep it cookie. cookie. It's all right to have it be a little cookie, right? That's right. I think it all works. and uh, you got to have fun, especially entrepreneurs out there. Whatever you're doing, make sure you're having fun doing it because if it's not fun, just reassess a little bit. You got to love what you're doing, right? Yeah. You got to believe in what you're doing and love it. You're going to sacrifice your uh, life or something. Absolutely. Now, know. someone wants to find you guys online. How do they do that? First, I would welcome you guys to follow us on TikTok. We of have course. a lot of fun there. Right. Um, and there, I believe we are cookies underscore N underscore cream. We're on Instagram at cookies underscore N cream. Of course, on Facebook, cookies and cream. And then our website is cookiesandcream.com. So K-O-O-K-Y-S-N-C-R-E-A-M.com. Beautiful. And we'll post it on the And we also have a, a podcast site. that we do as well, the, the Restaurant Revolution, that started off kind of telling our story of what it was like to be entrepreneurs surviving the Michigan lockdowns and, and the adjustments that we made there. So we're still active on that as well if you want to find out more of our background and our story, the That's Restaurant great. Revolution. Congratulations to you guys. Thank Continue you. great success. And thanks for being on and telling your story and sharing with us. Thanks Appreciate it very much. Appreciate what you do. All right. Back with more on Startup Nation Radio. Hard to follow that one, but we will. We'll give it our best right after this break on Startup Nation Radio. Welcome back to Startup Nation Radio. What a great interview we just heard from the cookies and cream folks. You know, there's a certain thing that occurs to me as I head into the interview with our next guest coming on the heels of the interview we just did. And that is that really cool things happen at the intersection of someone's craft and his or her spirit of entrepreneurship. That's when things seem to go to the next level, at least certainly as in the context of what we're interested in here at Startup Nation Radio, and that is entrepreneurship, starting great companies, growing great companies, and finding success as a result of doing all that. And let's get right with our next guest who's going to continue in that theme. We've got Chef Laura Romito on with us. Welcome, Laura. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah. And so you're not only a chef, and we'll get into a little bit about that, but you've created your own product and your own company around that product. That product, that company, High Five Salts with Benefits. Tell us about it. So I've been in the food industry for about 25 years, and I started initially with a seasoning blend that I used to use just for myself. And that's the story of most food entrepreneurs Mm -hmm. is they have a product, you know, that their friends love to use or their family And then eventually I decided to create it as a line of retail products. And it's a season, they're organic seasoning blends. They're called high five because they're based on the five tastes of your tongue. Interesting. Tell us, I got to know that. What are the five tastes, please? Yeah. So the five are salt, sweet, tart, or, you know, acidity, and then bitterness and savory, which is a lot of people call it's umami is the technical term for it. Okay. But it's really savory. It's our earthies, our garlic and onions and those sorts of things. So for many, many years, people really thought that there were zones of the tongue that only tasted certain things. And we know that's not true now. The whole surface of the tongue tastes everything. The taste buds are really amazing, but salt, sweet, tart, bitter, savory. Those are the five things that If you eat something that's really delicious and really satisfying, it's because all five of those things have been tapped. 
do you have to hit on all five in order for it to be most impactful? I would say yes. Now, they, they can be subtle. Um, obviously, mm-hmm. salt is generally more dominant than other things, but because you really should have a little bit of salt in everything, even sweet things. But if you think about a dessert that comes across as just really, really cloyingly sweet and you eat a couple bites of it and you're just tired of it and it's just too sweet to go on. Mm-hmm. If that same dessert is made with a little acidity, a little bit of salt, a little bit of bitterness, it's richer, it's more satisfying. And that's what we're looking for. Even the smallest portion of something can be really, really great if it's just has all five of those things in it in a balanced way. I was going to say in a balanced way. So in a balanced way, does, is there a formula, you know, that typically, you know, 30% of this and 10% of that and 5% of this, or is it, you know, is there some ability to color still within the lines, but differently, you know, uh, paint the picture differently? Each That's time? a great question. No one has ever asked me about that before. <laughs> so honestly, the food science behind this is so fascinating to me. I just love it. Not the food science, like Dorito food science, but we're talking about like science of taste. And mm-hmm. I think one of the things that you have to think about first is what is the your main ingredient in a dish that you're making? That's your guide. So let's say you're cooking with sweet potatoes, a sweet potato dish. It's already sweet. I mean, it's in the name, right? Right, so right, right. Your formula, if you will, like you were asking about would be, okay, how do I balance the sweetness of this? So I'm not going to go with more sweet. I've already got sweet. So I'll add some acidity, some salt, a little heat even. So that's sort of like the majority of whatever you're cooking with. That'll be the biggest proportion. But then you balance that with the other things. Okay. Now, you've just showcased for us that you know your craft. And I teed this up (laughs) by saying that, you know, really cool things happen. I mean, a lot of good things happen if you stop right there. You become a great chef. You make people happy. You deliver a great product. You know, you you do your work. You do your job. You do your, your craft really, really well. And there's a lot of satisfaction that comes with that. And certainly it's fine to start and stop right there. But I mentioned that really cool things happen at that intersection when you merge in, you know, the spirit of entrepreneurship. You went further. You merged your craft with something deep inside you that drove you to take it further. And you created your own product as opposed to just, you know, using off the shelf readily available products and mixing and addressing your craft that way. That is true. And honestly, I mean, to be perfectly honest about it, it was because I started working in restaurants and I I didn't like it. So I knew I wasn't going to do that forever. I did it. My first job was at the Golden Mushroom and I went to school craft because at heart, I'm an academic. I used to be a high school English and drama teacher. And so switching over into the restaurant world was challenging for me. I already, I was older. I sort of already had an established life. I didn't want to give up all my weekends and holidays, but it just wasn't the right fit for me. So all along, I knew that there was something else that I wanted to do in food, and it wasn't necessarily going to be the restaurant life. So that's really, it, it was bred from there. But I, like I mentioned, I've been a teacher my whole life. And so I love yeah. to talk to people about how to make their food taste better. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of chefs who could make far more amazing food than I ever could, but would rather never talk to another person. You know, mm-hmm. they'd rather sure. stay in the yep. kitchen yep. because that's where they're most comfortable. I, right. on the other hand, I would rather be out in front and talking to people and helping them, you know, make their own food taste better at home. Which is a great skill set to have if you're going to promote your product, right? You got to exactly. be able to get yeah. out and be the evangelist for your product now your craft, merging with your entrepreneurial spirit, your desire to get out of that kitchen and go create a company of your own mm-hmm. could have taken you in many different directions, but it took you this way. Why high five salts? Why was this the thing you settled on? Honestly, because I cannot cook without my products. I have used them for 25 years. Well, the original unboring salt is my first blend. And that one um, I have cooked with forever and ever. And literally 
even when I wasn't working in a restaurant or catering, if I was doing private chef work, I always had to have a batch of it because I, I really, I realized how much better everything tasted with it. And so, you know, if I figured if, if that was going to help me so much that I knew it could help other people as well. Um, and I work with a lot of food entrepreneurs and, and like I said at the beginning too, people often say, well, my friends tell me they really like this or they, you know, my family says they love this. And so I decided to turn it into a business. And I always tell them that's not enough because mm-hmm. you really have to have an audience base or a f- fan base isn't the right word, but you have to have, you know, people who want your product who don't know you and who don't care about you. <laughs> like uh-huh, who just right? yep. Really, they see the benefit and, and the usefulness of your product, the value of your product without having any personal attachment to you. And that's really what the difference is between just making something for fun and making something into a business. Sure. You've got to know the market wants it. You know, you got to know the yep. price point is right. You can't fool yourself. Yes. You need to be passionate, but you can't buy into your own hype. You got to make sure Absolutely. that you've got the right product for the right. Okay. And you've got it. So you've got this product. You started the company when? 2016 was when I set up my LLC, but I really spent almost an entire year on research and development. Mm -hmm. I had one product to start with, but then I had to learn how to make that to scale. So, you know, one little 30 pound batch wasn't going to do it. It was going to have, how do I scale this to a 100 pound batch, a 200 pound batch? And that's something that you really have to think about too. Does it, do you lose interest in it? Does it become more work than fun Mm -hmm. when you're scaling it up? Yep. Good point. So I spent a whole year developing four additional blends because I know different people like to use different types of salts. And so I really wanted to have people have access to all of those things. Some people only cook with Himalayan pink salt. So I knew I wanted to use that. Um, And I based that one. My tickled pink blend is all about the health benefits. It's got fresh organic garlic, apple cider vinegar, turmeric, everything in it has a health benefit, even the herbs and spices. So I used that whole year to develop the five different blends that I knew I wanted and started selling products early in 2017. Okay. I have to ask you, though, it's one thing to be a chef. Yep. It's another to be a teacher. But where did your sense of entrepreneurship and your ability to take command of that part of it come from? I think it comes more out of the teaching side of it, because I really do want people to know that they can use my products to make all of their food taste better. And in order to get that message out and really grow the company, I had to be able to talk about it effectively. And I think that's probably where the drive comes from. Yeah, but you're having to make a lot of business decisions. That's different than <laughs> cooking and preparing yes. great food for people. It's different from teaching and you know, and so on. That's kind of intuitive. It's got, you've got to have an inherent sense. Are you confident that you have a command over what you're doing? I think it's a leading question because I, I think you're teaching others about entrepreneurship as well. But did you study? Did you learn? Did you, or is it just, you know, you've got it deep inside and you know what you're doing? It honestly is a learn as you go sort of a thing. I remember when I first started, I would wake up in the middle of the night having a panic attack about yeah, sure. not knowing, like yeah. not knowing how to do payroll taxes. And then mm-hmm. I thought, well, I don't have a payroll, so I don't have to worry about that just right. yet. You know, right. like, um, but I will say being um, based in Eastern Market was amazing because it's a community of other food entrepreneurs as well. And so I would ask questions, you know, the guys who had been in business with for five years longer than I have. How do you do this? You know, what do you suggest? Um, how do you price your items for, for retail as opposed to yep. the farmer's market? I asked a million questions because, no, I do not have a background in business at all. And in, in fact, it's probably um, something I have to work at more than anything else. But right. I ask, you just can't be afraid to ask questions just and learn, you know, from your mistakes. There you go. That's critical. All right. Very good. We're going to run to this break. We're going to come back. We want to hear the rest of the story right after this break on Startup Nation Radio. Stick with us. 
Welcome back to Startup Nation Radio. Great story, Laura Romito. You're making it happen with High Five Salts. You know, I, I, I asked you just before the break, where your sense of entrepreneurship and your command of the millions of decisions entrepreneurs have to make in order to create success in a weakest link equation, by the way, there's not a lot of forgiveness for making wrong decisions along the way. So you got to make a lot of right ones. Yes. You're doing that, but it's not easy, is it? No, it's not. And I think because I've been in the food industry for a really long time, when I first started getting my products into grocery stores, it was easy to do because I had a lot of connections. So I was able to go to the director of Westbourne Markets and say, hey, you know, I'm making this product. Would you guys sell it? And they, they said, sure, we know you. I'm sure it'll be good. And so it was easy to get them in there. The problem was that I didn't have any brand recognition. And once you start getting a product on the shelf, if people aren't looking for it, it's not going to sell. And then the grocery stores will not keep you in the store. <laughs> so Right, right. You've got to have that sell through, right? Yes. Got to get that next order. Exactly. And, and, and the next one and the next one. Yep. Got to have product moving off the shelves. Right. So I thought, oh, this is great. You know, this is going to be easy. I know all these people. I can get my product on the shelf. No problem. And then found out that that's only the very first step. It's keeping it there. That really is the tough part. Yeah. And the product is high five salts with benefits. Is the company Food Geek Foods? Yes, that's just a, when I set up my LLC yep. because I am a total food geek. Okay, so, yeah. that fits, that works. Tell us about you know where the company is today. You had this dream, you had this vision, you created this great product. We know there's a need for it. You teed it up beautifully. You told us why the product has merit in the marketplace. How's it going? It's going really well. I mean, obviously, because of the pandemic, we had to do a little pivoting. The biggest way we sold our products has always been through cooking demos and cooking classes and things like that, which we couldn't do. So that shifted and I started doing live cooking demos on Facebook and I did one every day, high five, live at five wow. for about three months till it finally just started to make my family go crazy. I'm so sure. that's, <laughs> we, a, we stopped man, that. that's a commitment. Yeah, it was definitely a lot. But like I said, we've pivoted. We are doing really well. We're on track to have our best year ever. 2020 was better than 2019 because of all of our online sales. So that helped a lot. But I, I also think that the pandemic, yes, was a huge thing for food businesses. It really, everybody had to pivot in order to survive. And I think that that's always going to be the case. Those things are always going to be out there. And you just have to be ready to look at your own business and say, okay, well, this worked before, but it's not necessarily working now. Right. Things are changing so fast. Now, the pandemic is the extreme, but you're absolutely right. There's always either a new technology that you need to be aware of in order to stay current with the times. You know, there's, there's always a new business method or, you know, mode that you need to get into in order to uh, stay up with the times as well. Consumer demands and expectations constantly shifting yeah. and you got to stay current. You absolutely do. Now, now the good thing is your product never goes out of style. I mean, at the heart of cooking, you got to have the flavor and the seasoning and all that goes with it. Right. I mean, that's just, so that's the, that's the good news. Uh, yeah, I'm lucky on many levels. I'm lucky in on the fact that it's shelf-stable, long-term shelf-stable. Yes. I'm lucky in the fact that it's lightweight. It ships easily. All of those things, I don't need refrigerated shipping. And those aren't things, honestly, when people start food businesses, they don't even think about things like that. Like, I, I used to think I wanted glass packaging. Well, thank goodness I didn't go that route because it's heavy and it breaks. Mm -hmm. So on a very simplified level, your packaging kind of shows the innovation of your business. And even if you go to the grocery store now and you'll see like Lay's potato chips, how long have they been around forever? But they'll still say, same product, new packaging or new look or whatever, you know, because they're always finding ways to communicate what their product is to the consumers. 
And so I'm on my third packaging innovation right now in five years. And I think that's a really important point because you emphasize the importance of getting that sell through. I mean, ultimately, it's not just making a sale to the retailer. You're dead in the water if that product doesn't move off the shelves, as you said. And and, and to that point, you can't be in every store. You can't be shaking hands and telling everyone, hey, guys, check this aisle over here. Here's my product. Check it out. Taste it. You know, whatever. You can do a little bit of that, and that's all good. You do in-store promotions or whatever you're allowed to do, and there's limitations on a lot of that. In the end, though, where the rubber meets the road is that potential shopper, buyer moving down that aisleway. You better catch their attention, and you better convey, what is it, the two-second rule? You better convey what it is you're selling to them, and it better be clear. Absolutely. So I, I did. I have beautiful packaging. I love my packaging. And I should mention that Driven Creative Supply is the company that does all of my beautiful marketing work. And I'm so grateful to them. They really built this entire brand. And the packaging itself, the colors and the background are made from my actual seasonings in watercolor paintings. Is Driven Creative Supply a local Southeast Michigan company? Yes, yes, yeah. Cool. They've been amazing. And right from the beginning, we knew the packaging was attractive, but this really is kind of a new idea in seasoning. Like if you go to the grocery store, you'll see a million different seasoning blends on the shelf, but they're very specific. They're, you know, a, a seasoning for fish or they're, it's an Italian blend or it's Mediterranean, whatever, but they're limited. You can only use them on certain things. So the fact that these are made based on the five tastes of your tongue they aren't flavored seasonings. They are based on taste. And so that's a different thing altogether. So we really have to figure out how to convey that and to let people know these are truly all purpose. So they can be used literally if you're making a curry, if you're making Italian food, they can be used on fish. And I did them that way on purpose. So people can use their own herbs and spices. They can use them in any recipe. So that's a different idea in cooking. So we need to make sure that our packaging reflects that and and it's obvious to people. So our next incarnation of the packaging is going to say in big letters on the front, all-purpose seasoning salts. Right, that seems critical. It really does. Nice call out. Hats off to Driven Creative Supply. Anybody out there listening, there's a resource for you. Absolutely. All right. Now, Laura, I've got to ask you this. You're also helping other entrepreneurs realize their dreams, food entrepreneurs in particular. Tell us about what you're doing in that regard. So Detroit Kitchen Connect is a wonderful program that is through Eastern Market Corporation in Detroit. And just about two years ago, they asked me to create a workshop for people who were interested in becoming part of the program. So Detroit Kitchen Connect is exactly what it sounds like. If you're looking for space to make a food product or to start a catering business or but a commercial kitchen space where you can become a licensed food producer, we have a whole list of kitchens that you can become licensed in. So they're all over Southeast Michigan. And Christine Kwan is the woman at Eastern Market who runs the program. She's amazing. And she's part of our panel. So once a month, we sit down with about 40 to 45 wannabe food entrepreneurs. Some already have started businesses. Some just have an idea or a recipe. And we talk to them about how to get started, how to get licensed, what the requirements are, how to become serve safe certified so that they're able to create food safely. Uh, So we go through, it's about a three hour workshop. We have a representative from Michigan Department of Agriculture. We have people from Meyer stores who come and talk to them about retail products. We have a food truck operator. We have a caterer. So between the six of us or so, we talk to people about getting started and kind of help them get through the process without so many hazards. You know what? That is a great and much needed program. I love it. That's awesome. I love I wish I had had it. it well, <laughs> I, exactly. There you go. I love hearing about that. For people out there listening who had just got inspired by you and your story, 
and they want to do this too, and they think Detroit Kitchen Connect is the right way to get rolling. How do they how do they contact Detroit Kitchen Connect? It's really easy. You just go to the Eastern Market website. There'll be a link that says, want to start a food business or something to that effect. And you click on that and it'll take you to the workshop schedule and you just sign up online. I think it's like $15. It's very inexpensive. And you get a big packet when you're done with all of our contact information, with all the information about getting licensed, all the steps you have to take. It's great. We've seen a lot of successes come through, so it's fun. Doing great things in business, helping the community grow, sharing what you know with others. Laura, we're so happy to have you in the community. We thank you. And listen, we'd be remiss if we didn't extend uh, some recognition your way in terms of potential sales coming from our audience. How do we reach you if we're interested in the uh, High Five Salt product you're bringing to market? Thank you. Well, we're in lots and lots of local retailers, um, uh, all the Westbourne markets, Holiday Market. But the best way is our website. So if you just Google High Five Salts with Benefits, you'll find us. But it is foodgeekfoods.com. And we're also available on Amazon. Beautiful. Listen, everybody out there listening, go help Laura, support Laura. And you'll benefit both by knowing you're helping a great entrepreneur, a worthy entrepreneur in our community. But also, you're going to step up the quality of your dinner tonight or your breakfast tomorrow morning or lunch tomorrow afternoon. There we go. That's what we hope, yeah. Can't beat that. (laughs) Laura, thank you so much for being on sharing the story. Thank you so much. Have a great day great Startup Nation show. We appreciate our guests and we look forward to being on the air again next week on Startup Nation Radio. The preceding program was furnished by Startup Nation Media Group.